the Great British Manufacturing Podcast, brought to you by MTD, MFD and Jefferson. Hello and welcome to the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. On this week's show, we will review the latest positive news from the British manufacturing sector and welcome a very special guest. Shane Kelly, the professional racing driver for the University of Wolverhampton Racing. My name is Joe Reynolds and joining me as always is my co-host Stuart Whitehead. Before we get started with the show, I just want to mention the Factory Now platform. Factory Now new members are joining the platform every week, which has been launched to help British manufacturers boost sales, collaborate and reshore. Members include Atlas Copco, the leading manufacturer for tooling and industrial assembly solutions, and Telford-based Protolabs, the world's fastest digital manufacturing source for custom prototypes and low-volume parts. Stuart, welcome. Are you enjoying this weather? Absolutely, Joe. Um, we've got some very good news as well to, uh, to cheer people up as well, so looking forward to it. Yep, Ball Corporation. They're set to build a new factory. Um, this one's all about aluminium can stew. Yeah, absolutely. So American-owned Ball Corporation, one of the world's leading manufacturers of recyclable aluminium packaging, has announced plans to build a new production facility in Kettering. The new aluminium and manufacturing plant will be for third facility um, of its type in the UK, adding capacity to its established plants in Milton Keynes and Wakefield. Once operational, the factory will produce billions of pounds a year across a range of formats and sizes. And a multi-million pound investment is expected to create around 200 jobs. I find it incredible. Pete, obviously, we're going away from plastics now, and, and people are using t- um, aluminium even more. I, I stopped in a hotel not so long ago, and instead of being a, a bottle of water, it was a tin can of still water. It just felt weird, but evidently it's easier to recycle and cheaper to recycle aluminium than it is uh, plastic. Absolutely, and I think that's it. the, you know, people are... We talked before about sustainable manufacturing and sustainable packaging and so forth. And I think, think you, you consumers are a lot more um, circumspect about the type of packaging that they're buying. So hence the need for another factory from Ball. Yeah, and the next story, Alexander Dennis have secured uh, another, another large export order. We talk about ADL a lot on the podcast. And yet again, it's another massive order. Absolutely, Falco-based uh, company and partner BYD, and um, they've signed a framework agreement with the National Transport Authority of Ireland for the delivery of up to 200 Enviro 200 EV electric buses. Initial firm order for 45 buses has been agreed at the same time, with delivery commencing next year. Um, it's the partnership's largest order for zero-emission buses in the country to date, with all buses set to be built in factories in the UK. And as you say, you know, it's been a great year for Alexander Dennis. They are Britain's biggest manufacturer. They recently won a huge German export order and also announced plans to reshore the electric bus chassis production. Yeah, real success story, aren't they? Absolutely. So the, the next one I want to talk about is the UK Battery Industrialisation Centre, or U, UKBIC is probably we call them uh, moving forward. Yeah. But, you know, it's officially open now, and if, if, if I'm correct, basically it's an R&D centre, and they're trying to reduce the time it takes to get a product to market for OEMs. Absolutely, and uh, I think this is one of the stories that you covered on uh, GB News this week, Joe. And uh, so, if anyone's not, if you haven't seen the GB News clip with Joe, I strongly recommend you watch that. Um, so, yes, um, Boris Johnson opened this officially before he was he went into self isolation. Um, 
the new 130 million pound facility it's in Coventry. It's been developed to support UK industry with the development of battery technologies for heater electrification. Um, and as you said before, this will help the country achieve its its climate change uh, targets and also support the automotive sector as it prepares for an end um, of the sale of petrol and diesel vehicles by 2030. Um, UKBIC can be used by any organisation working on batteries for electric vehicles, rail, aerospace, domestic equipment, any energy storage, who will benefit from finding out whether their advanced technologies can be scaled up successfully before committing to the huge investment required for mass production. So, you know, really is the, the missing link between gigafactories and small-scale inventors and developers, which historically the UK has been very good at, and people complain that we... We don't always scale up our our, um, our technologies. So hopefully, this will solve that problem. Yeah, I find this one particularly interesting because you, you imagine these massive superstructures, these gigaplants, all the R and D it goes into producing the battery. To a certain extent, I'm sure um, chemical engineers would argue, but there's going to be eventually there's going to be a lot of shared IP in this technology. I really do think so. It's not like the combustion engine. There'll be a lot of shared IP. So why not go to facilities like this and maybe you know maybe take on someone else's know-how but at this stage let's take a break from the positive manufacturing news there's lots more to come but i'd like to introduce shane kelly the professional racing driver of uwr shane welcome to the podcast how you doing you're right yeah great to catch up just to kick it off could you tell us a little bit about your career to date and your current role and responsibilities please um my career to date i suppose is uh, is very blurry when you look back after a, a long time uh, sort of 20 years in in car racing um so that's uh, yeah it's, it's hard to think back and how it started and how it ended up um in education racing um it's i think it's um knowledge over the years of um running my own teams uh, winning championships and and readying myself to even step into uh, a career to race cars and sort of mentor um, students on engineering into race teams into industry so I think it's I, 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 I come in confidently carry, carrying that knowledge I think that's where I sort of start ended up in education I suppose. Yeah and just just on that point give us an overview of the University of Wolverhampton University slash racing. Um, so we we're about six years old now is a motorsport engineering course um, it's not just motor, motorsport engineering at Telford it's um, it's a range of different engineering disciplines, right through to chemical to motorsport, as we, as we'll probably mention later. Um, we run uh, three different race teams at to, to complement the motorsport engineering course and the degree course. Um, our flagship, you could say, is our Formula Three team, which um, I race the car, and we've also got our Morgan Factory partnership, and we've got our Formula Student team as well, and um, so. Again, a, a comprehensive um, amount of experience a, a student can get from their motorsport engineering course. That's fascinating, and uh, I know we we talked um, previously, Shane, about your you know just to go back to your background, and you, you're not an exclusive drive for UWR. You, you work on on a contract basis for other other automotive manufacturers. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it, like most sort of pro drivers around my age, or uh, or come maybe a career path the same as mine, and you. Your bread and butter is uh, as as a, race, a professional racing driver is your manufacturer work as well, and um, and that's that's never really stopped my end. And um, yeah, as a contracted driver for UWR, I do other stuff as well for UWR, as in team mentor and and manage the race teams as well. 
but um yeah the the manufacturer side is is as constant as the the race team stuff um it, it goes as far as aston martin a lot of the the sort of premium um high-end sort of brands as well like bentley and and morgan as well so that's fantastic and uh, i mean it must be very encouraging for your students as well you know you, you've got that industry experience you're it's not theory that you're applying it, it's um real life um experience that you can to them and I was just wondering just on that point is one how does the academia Italian work with the pro race series you know what what are the benefits to the students to the university to the people in the, involved in that and also your your sponsors and your um, your partners um, and how integral is this to, to the university's commitment to these graduates that can apply both theory and practice in industry so as it as it currently stands we um over the years, we, we've got closer and closer to the academic side of the course, um, as in um, CADD parts, as in um, final dissertations around the race team or race parts or aero of the car or race car. Um, we aren't actually in the classroom as a, um, we are still extracurricular as a, as a student would choose the, to work on a race team and gain that industry experience alongside their their uh, degree um, course so it's um, every year we get closer and closer to to knitting together a bit better um, and I think that's something that builds every year and it, I think the, the lecturers as well will see the value in that and, and I think every year they sort of integrate something into the course um, with obviously the last sort of 16 to 19 months has been a little bit harder and maybe open that gap up a little bit but I think we've hit the ground running straight away as soon as we could get back into the workshops and and the, the influx of students wanting to be on the race teams is I think it's just it's give us a good kickstart straight away to get back to where we were so absolutely and um, so I suppose it's easy to to you're drawing students from engineering courses but you know um, I imagine it's more more diverse than that so what kind of courses are you drawing students from and, you know, supplementary question really for, for that is how do you actually select people? Because I imagine you're, you know, year on year, you're oversubscribed. Yeah, it's it's become a, I think over every year it becomes a bit more of an issue um, as numbers come up. And that's, and they, they've generally actually gone up and up every year we've, we've done the course. And as the, as the relationship gets stronger with, say, the Morgan, um, we, we get more successful with the, with the, the F3 car and, and, and FS. It's, um, it's been more attractive and and remember we only we, we only don't just open the course up to motorsport engineering we open it up to all disciplines of engineering at Telford so um, we do have a couple of engineers who are aerospace engineers and and um, we have some mechanical engineers on the car as well so it's it, it does become hard when we have to look at that um, process of how we how we get students to the team and, and actually dwindle the team down to say 25 students per a race team but it's important we have a sense of elite as well and when we're looking at trying to beat professional teams and race against professional teams and and be a factory team it's important that we we do we do strive to be the best and um i think that's something we we've grown into now where we need to have that interview process the uh, the common sense process the a big um application form to fill out and we, we do put the onus on the student to do the legwork as well. You know, you you come to me and and apply and ask for the form. We're not going to give you that, and and you've got to want to do it. So, and it does take a lot of their own time as well. It's important that motorsport isn't just a career; it's actually a way of life. 
because you are on the road, you are using a lot of your own time and travel. So it's, it is important that they're fully invested in what they're doing. But to be honest, you know, if they're going to come along to Telford and really in, in, and do that normally they're they're thinking that in in early times so yeah it's fascinating you know if i look back of what was available when i was a nipper and i don't want to give me age away here but i, <laughs> I can't i can't recall ever seeing a motorsport engineering course and, and it's pretty much on my doorstep in telford so it's something yeah. for that question i would have been i'd have been interested in but you know what? What other courses are available? They mentioned en- en- engineering related courses and aerospace, but what what particular courses? We've obviously got we've got our other um, engineering disciplines. Chemical is is at City Campus actually, um, but we've got um, mechatronics, uh, telecommunications, um, mechanical materials as well um, at Telford here. Um, but um, as you probably know, we as a race team, we have we have active live sponsorship sponsors and. We wouldn't be able to run without our sponsors, which we're very grateful for and, and offer so much more than just a, a funding side of things. Where they actually sponsors bring in a lot of um, industry experience, talks, lectures, um, parts, you know, uh, all that sort of thing. And um, that needs marketing. So um, we, we do open our opportunities up to our marketing, digital marketing courses at City Campus and our former student team takes a lot of business case as well. So points are awarded on business cases and design. So um, we do open that up to business. And we've, we've over the years, we've we've had a good relationship with the business um, degree studies and, and, they've, and they've been quite good with the, uh, the former student stuff as well. So it's getting that relationship across. I don't think we're as, as strong as you should be. I don't think we have really taken um, full grip of how we're integrating into other courses. I think it needs to be better. But um, I think we always need to be there. So I think we just keep improving with that. Yeah, I guess, I guess there's a big crossover with aerospace in particular. I'm thinking of aerodynamics yeah. and you know things like that. There's got to be a lot of crossover. There is. Aerospace is a big one. Um, a lot of our fastenings and fixings, especially with the uh, the F3 car, um, are all NAS bolts. So it's all carbon. It's it's upside down aeroplane wings, if you like. Um, so it is. There is a big crossover. Like I said, we've got a couple of students who are on aerospace and. And seeing the value in in the procedures of how you go preparing a vehicle, um, how you go about lock wiring, or you you reading your NAS bolts. These bolts are the same as the ones you'd see on a jumbo jet door. Or so it, it's all relative in that in that sense. And it, like I said before, it's being a rounded engineer in whatever way you do it. And and again, we offer offer it to every aspect of engineering. So first off, and and and, and again, I think that elite sense you've got to want to do it so i think we get the, the students who do want to do it so yeah yeah fascinating um for those that haven't been to telford uh university of wolverhampton telford campus i've been there a number of times as you know it's mm-hmm. great to go around just it's a podcast here it's no video so just tell us what you've got on site in terms of the machinery and what facilities because it's a lot more than just a few spanners in a car yeah definitely i mean i mean we we have been accused before have been a little bit too motorsport um as you come in the building we're we have got a um, exploded f1 car um mounted on glass and and that's in our, our main entrance and we did nickname the the main entrance the pit lane um because it's it is a sort of entry into the into the workshops that are open amazing workshops actually we're very lucky to have um so we've got glass fronted workshop area where we we house the f3 car our um our former student team, our Morgan team, 
and it's a great area to, to F1 spec, if you like, which is very clinical, and, and that's how we want to train our students. And and I'm leading on from that. We've got our machining, um, we've got our Herco machines, we've got a five and three axis machine there, and we again we build all our own parts for the former student car, all our billet stuff. Um, we've got now just up and running an autoclave as well. So uh, our former student car, which has literally just gone out the door, um, is quite heavy on carbon parts as well. So they've molded a lot of things there. And obviously we've got our additive layer technology upstairs as well, where we um, we print titanium and, and other other metals. Um, where again, a lot of research going on up there as well. And we do tap into that quite frequently too, for any any parts of uh, mainly a three car and 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 that sort of stuff but yeah so it's um, quite a comprehensive mini f1 experience if you like it is there can't be many many formula three teams with with that type of uh, that type of facility like like you rightly say it's it's almost like mini formula one a lot of that facility a lot of that technology will be a formula one teams it, it is worth pointing out correct me if i'm wrong you're the only student-led formula three cup team you know the, 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 the majority of these you're 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 racing against professional drivers with professional teams. Yeah, exactly. I mean, one thing we wanted to be good at is when we started this was we, did, we didn't want to be sending students to, to professional teams and they're just washing wheels the whole weekend. And and as apprentice, yeah, you do have to wash the wheels, everyone does, but it's um, we put our students in all the positions in the team and um, as a data engineer, a tyre engineer, a car engineer. and um, there's no reason why not. And I think one of the things I always stick by is you have to give responsibility to the student. And these are, these are remember, they're not all young, um, all young students. There's some mature students out there as well. And they're very capable of running things and, and doing things right. And it's, it's putting the onus on them to be, to be better. And I think that that always works, even if a student is a bit wayward. I think if you add a bit of a responsibility to someone, it, it does improve them. And yeah, and, and that's one thing we want to be. We want to be elite. We want to beat um, industry leading teams um, and not just look like a university, if you like. We want to go out there and do it right. And and that's what we try to do, we strive for every time. So, If we look at the Illumina, if we look at people who have passed through the course, yeah. um, you know, are there, are there any highlights? I know people have gone on to be in some very successful roles since yes. taking on the course. Yeah, we've got obviously there is some highlights, and um, it's not just Formula One is a target for for all of our students. And but we have got um, we have got a student on uh, Lewis Hamilton's car actually. He was he did start on Bottas's car, and now he's um, he's front right uh, wheel and engine dresser for Lewis Hamilton's car, and he actually got a hand picked for that job, which was amazing. And uh, it's um, it, it's it's probably the dream job, and it's probably what he's wanted all of his life, and. And uh, but it, it, the system does work, and we've we've seen this with uh, another lad who came from a data engineer, and he went straight into Williams um, wind tunnel engineer, and, and now he's he's been there for three years, and and it's it, it's got from strength to strength really, and I think it's not it's not always an example. The Formula One's an easy example to say. Um, we have uh, a, a girl called Kate. She she ran the F3 team in 2018, and 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 the former student team at the same time, and. So she definitely knew what she wanted to do, and she actually turned down um, a, a car manufacturer and to go into some uh, other engineering where she would build um, waste disposal units, but in 
very intricate ones which um, went out to the Middle East and, and things like that and where she actually knew what she wanted to do and, and it was great and these stories all these different stories of their journey into a job but all them techniques all them preparations where it, it, it readied them for for that and and to, to overcome problems where in the real life or communication something base, basic, basic like that you assume is a given um, when you're as old as us <laughs> but actually when you're when you're an engineering student at a campus, your, your communication is isn't so great, and so it's learning them skills as well as quite being quite a rounded human being, I think, as well at the same time. As Jay was saying, um, Shane, you're you're the only student led um, F three team. Um, are you surprised that other universities haven't followed your blueprint? Um, I'm I'm not surprised actually, um, because I know how much work it takes to do it. <laughs> um, it's it is a big um, it is a big job to do. Um, I'm not going to lie. It's um, it's important. It's done right, and and sometimes the the crossover for a race team um, in a university is 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 making that crossover as smooth as possible from um, the processes the university is run at um, financial and things like that. It, it's it's not always the easiest thing to do, and my job is partly to do that as well and, and make sure that smooth transition. And you don't really see the rumbles. Um, affect the race team and so it's just having that that crossover between it so I've, I've actually ran teams for um some smaller institute college institute at that sort of level and it is very hard to maintain that in a sense of um getting sponsors to believe it or investors to believe in what you're doing and 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 shaking off that sort of uh, education-based race team thing where you do see it you do see teams out in the paddock um uh, oil, oil come out of the car, car not start, and they're bumping it down the pit lane, and it's it it does look a bit of a shambles to be honest, and and that's very I was very aware of that when we started this, and and not, that's something we didn't want to be doing, and 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 rightfully so. So um, it's it's come a long way, and, and and like we said before, the relationship you've built in industry is is unbelievable, and and I, I think people aren't blown away by that, and and I think it, but you have to keep maintaining, you have to keep improving every day. Like you do in any sport, but it's it's keep chipping away and 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 do the best we can. Yeah, thanks a lot, Jane. Final question for me. This is uh, submitted by a, uh, a listener. Okay, it's not commercially sensitive. Um, how much does it typically cost to run an F three team? What's the annual cost of, of running the the um, project? The an F three team side of things, it's it's well controlled because you're actually governed on tyres, and and this is why it's just a, a great championship for us to be in. Because um, it's heavily regulated in a sense of tyres, fuel, and and how the the ride heights work and and the skid blocks underneath it, and so it's heavy heavily regulated in a sense of you the students have to be checking these things. It has to be professional, so that but in, in turn that keeps the cost down slightly. I'm not saying it's cheap, but it's, anyone could do it. It's um, but you can run a you can run a race team like this on probably you can go from forty to a hundred thousand a year um depending on how you run it um but the newer the car the more money you run it and the more testing you do the more money it costs so no different than formula one if you like um but we 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 are very grateful for our sponsorship and we how we run it and and i try to keep it on a sensible budget sometimes if you're leading a championship you're sometimes you have no choice but to buy new tires and and keep going like that and uh, until you hit the hit the top so so it's, it's, yeah, around sort of 40, 60 to 100 um, for the championship we're in. And, and that, can, that can 
quadruple overnight if you want to go anywhere else in the championship. So it's, it's very important. That, as I said, we're very grateful for sponsors. Yeah, just, just on that, the sponsorship, anyone listening to this, you know, people or more likely businesses, how do they get involved in the race team? Um, and what do you offer from the commercial side? So, uh, like I said before, we um, we use our sponsors for not just a, an investment uh, side of things, not financially. Um, we're obviously, we're very grateful for financial inputs, um, and that's what keeps the keeps things running. But um, it's important the student enrichment that they get lectures out of it. They get um, they got industry information, maybe maybe contacts to call about something to do with their dissertation we've had before, and and so we can actually link our, spon- our our students to say, okay, this is your dissertation. Speak to these people; they're they're great. They're they're, 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 they're willing to help and they're, and they're willing to talk to you about it. And and you, and then they, students make industry links as well at the same time. Um, we have sponsors that um, manufacture parts for us, which we can't actually do on site. So specialists like laser cutting and things like that, and um, it's it's so easy to do then and you when you when you've got all these outlets you you realize how much money you save as well by doing that and um for sponsors to be involved i mean um i think it's a sponsor a company would like to like to look over the, the students and see and, and there's there is actually some potential like we said earlier about um coming from graduating and actually talking to these companies and saying actually i'm a good engineer i can come over and I think engineering companies who sponsor us would want to see that and and say actually yeah come and work for me or come and come and have a look at the company and see what it's like and and that's that's for us that's like a race win if we can get students into into our sponsors companies um that's surely a, a win so but yeah I think the the I think you can either be a race fan and want to come to races and we always we offer available tickets it's it's obviously um social media coverage which uh, some of the, our companies want um, and to, to be branded next to a, a, a university student-led team as well, which is is always a good hook, um, you could say. And and it's important that they're they're involved in that, and and there's more value to that as well, not just putting a sticker on a racing car. And we do a lot of other events as well, STEM events. We we do a lot of outings in normal time. We I don't think we our feet touch the ground. We have a lot of static display, a lot of big shows as well. Um, linked to most um, most industries um, that sponsor us, so yeah, so we're I think we've got a lot to offer in that sense. And again, the end result is um, a career for a student, hopefully. So yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's um, hope our listeners have uh, learned something. I know I have, and yeah, great to catch up and no doubt do it face to face pretty soon. Thanks for having me. Another great guest. Absolutely. Learned so much. Um, as we did last week with Cornish Lithium, it's great to get another insight into, uh, you know, an organisation less familiar with. And strongly recommend any organisations, any wealthy individuals, you know, to get in touch with UWR, um, offer sponsorship or, as uh, Shane suggested, uh, manufacturing uh, skills such as uh, laser cutting, anything like that at all. Please contact us, podcast at mtdmfg.com, and we'll pass on your contact details to Shane. That's a nice plug, Stu. You don't you don't do that for us. <laughs> yeah, moving swiftly on. So if you do like this podcast, and we hope you do, um, please remember to download the MTD MFG app for exclusive content. Uh, we we can't 
we, we can't cover everything on this podcast, unfortunately, but do go to, um, yeah, download it from your app store, the MTD MFG app. It's available in all the usual places. Uh, and also, don't forget the website, um, mtdmfg.com. But if we move on with the, the next story, MSRT, uh, to set up a new facility at Dagenham with, um, with Ford. Is, it, is this similar to the Venari deal we spoke about a couple of weeks ago? Yes, it is very similar. Uh, so Ford and MSRT, who are the Ford Commercial Vehicles Conversion Partner, um, they've announced plans to up the new £4 million vehicle conversion facility in Dagenham. So, as I say, very similar to based uh, Venari and their partnership with Ford. new facility is intended to provide work for more than 50 new employers when it, when it comes online in 2022. But this will rise to over 120, uh, 120 new jobs when fully operational. So the uh, the Renaissance in Dagenham. Yeah, and GSK unveiled plans, you know, well, a development plan that could create up to 5,000 jobs. Incredible. Huge project. So the British Pharmaceuticals Giant has announced plans to extend its facility in Stevenage, which is in Hertfordshire, where it currently conducts all its um, R&D. The plan involves selling off a third of the 92-acre site, which hopes will unlock £400 million of new investment. And Stevenage is already one of GSK's two global research and development hubs and hosts the UK's largest work into selling green therapy. The development of the new campus, which is set to be built adjacent to its current site, is expected to begin next year. And as you say, GSK says the plan could create thousands of highly skilled jobs and timeframe-wise looking at between five and ten years. And the next one, MagTech. Uh, they've got plans and outs for new factory in Rotherham, not a company as aware of. Yeah, the manufacturing employ is 125 people at the moment. They make drive systems for electric and hybrid vehicles, including cars, spin lorries, buses and trams. About half its business is retrofitting of vehicles, and the remainder is supplying manufacturing conversion companies. The firm is leading its existing sites in, in South Yorkshire, believe we've got two at the moment, taking premises bigger than both combined, um, and this will aid it to allow it to ramp up production. Um, the investment in the new 65,000 square foot facility could take its total headcount to approximately 155. Yeah, good news. And it's probably a strong, strong future for the company and knowing the, the market sector they, they operate in. But yeah, that brings the end to this week's podcast. Um, unfortunately, we don't have um, time to cover all the stories. So like I said earlier, do please download the MTD MFG app. Go to mtdcnc.com. Follow Jefferson underscore MFG and at MTDMFG on Twitter. Uh, a big thank you to Shane Kelly, fantastic guest. Stuart, thank you for your time as always. But more importantly, thanks to you for listening at home and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and a review. You can find us on Twitter using at MTDMFG and at Jefferson underscore MFG. Oh, 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 oh,